0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. It's going to feel real good, all right? Most dope. Everybody, please put a thumb in the air.
1: Hey everybody, how you doing? Well, that's good. You're listening to Broad Street Hockey Radio. That's right, BSH Radio. My name is Bill Matz. I'm your director of Funny Games for the evening. What do we do with ourselves now that the Flyers are gone? I, Charlie's just like walking around in circles. He just, he misses them already. It's crazy. We'll see. We'll ask what he's been up to uh, without <laughs> this team that he loves so much day to day. Uh, let's just get right into it. But let's lead things off with the fly by herself, Kelly Hinkle.
2: So I forgot last week when I was doing my thanking of people for coming to the tailgate to thank. um, I mean, I don't think they listen to this podcast, but a couple of guys from the Wells Fargo Center, Mike Sulkies and Paul Garofalo, who like, like they don't, they've never met me before. And they were like, yeah, we'll open up the lot for you. Come on in. 9 a.m. We'll save you six spots. Like they put cones (laughs) out. They like let us in. The guy came over on a golf cart and checked on us to make sure we were having a good time like they were very very accommodating and welcoming and like i'm nobody to them so they did not need to be and they were so it was very cool and i appreciate it so just wanted to put that out there into the universe
3: and they gave us a great spot
2: they really did yeah it couldn't have been better great spot
1: even i was able to find it and i had no idea where (laughs) i was going i was just like i don't know we'll see them Ava's like, w- what do you mean you don't know where it is? It's like, ah, oh, we'll figure it out. There's probably a flag
0: In or something. parking lot. Yeah, there was. We, we was got perfect. to hang the flag up on the fence. Yeah, yeah. We did. It was Kelly and I made that decision. And only one person tried to steal well, it. We, me and Kelly made that decision because we were like, are we allowed to do this? And my justification to Kelly was, well, if we're not allowed to do us, do it, someone will tell us we're not allowed to do it and we'll take it down. And if no one yeah. tells us we're not allowed to, then I guess we were. And I guess we yeah, were.
2: It was brilliant.
0: From TheAthletic.com, Charlie O'Connor. Hey, gang. Uh, so to answer your question, Bill, in terms of what <laughs> I am doing, I am going Sorry, How are you holding Friday, up without I'm, this team? I'm going to three concerts in four days. I, I am launching. Oh, hell
2: yeah. Peak Summer Charlie.: Head
0: first into Summer Charlie. Love it. Can't wait.
1: Outstanding. Last but certainly not least, Stephalicious D, Steph Driver.
3: We're free, everyone. We are free. Um that's it. This season has been awful. Just wanted to thank everyone for sticking with us, and please subscribe to Broadstreethockey dot com. There's amazing content coming at you every single day.
1: So uh I just I just want to start today's show off by wishing a very happy thirtieth birthday to Shane Gostaspeer on this uh high holy day Thursday. <laughs> see what I did (laughs) Thursday, April the 20th, 2023. I remember on his 23rd birthday when he scored a playoff goal against the Capitals feels like it was yesterday. What happened?
3: When I saw in the outline that Shane Gossespierre is 30 years old, it, I truly do not approve. It's it's like, no, why is
2: this, is this the first time he's playing in the playoffs no, no, the Flyers not. made the playoffs.
0: No, no, the he made, so he made the playoffs with us in 15-16, yeah. his rookie year, the magical rookie year. Then he made yeah. the playoffs with us in 17-18 when he was really, really good when the Flyers were basically just carried by five players and that was it, and the rest of the team was awful. And then he yeah. sort of was in the playoffs in the bubble, even though Elaine Vigneault barely played him. <laughs> yeah.
1: And He's now, in a better place now. It's, it's truly what, like... He can't play defense, but on the best defensive team in hockey, they have no problem with him. It's truly truly truly
0: special. Uh I I just love the guy. Like hey, I'll just you know spectacular
3: what, Bill, for everyone involved. If
0: Carolina could make Tony D'Angelo passable at defense, they could <laughs> certainly make Shane spare passable.
1: No, it, like exactly.
0: It's it's
1: almost like they had Tony D'Angelo already. His name was Shane Goss to Spare, but they had to pay a team to take him away so that a year later, the Flyers could then give up half their draft capital for a guy the coach now fucking hates. Uh, it's, it's a wonder anybody watches this team. Uh, it really Fun times honestly, in Philly. <laughs> like, God. I, I think, like, how... Like, what are we even doing? What is this show? Like, why would anybody care about this hockey team? Oh, here's this young guy everyone loves. Yeah, he's 30 now. We shipped him out for nothing, and we replaced him with a shittier
0: version of him.
1: <laughs> uh, anyway, yeah, happy birthday, Shane Gossesbear. I miss you. Um,
0: <laughs> Always cracked me up that his, his birthday was on 420. That was funny.
1: That's, like, I know I know three hockey players' birthdays, It's Ghosts on 420, Connect Me on 311, and uh, Frank Bialowis is the same as mine. That's it. Uh, Those are the three. That's perfect. It really is.
3: Hold on. I didn't know that. Frank Bialowis is the same birthday as you? Yeah,
1: September 25th.
3: How has he not shown up to any of our parties yet? (laughs) We gotta get Frank
2: Bialowis on the podcast.
1: We need to. I bet the Nasty Knuckles guys Does he know how
2: to work
3: his computer?
0: I'm sure he he does. We do. We want the animal. We want the animal.
3: (laughs) Yes. Like <laughs> we want the animal. I'm just gonna have to like it's gonna be a surprise moment, Kelly. I think we're gonna have to pull this off for Bill like I, we're just gonna have the animals show up to one of our events to surprise bill if
1: the uh Trust me if the if the Phantoms and bears potentially play each other in these playoffs might be a good time oh, might be a good time to oh, bring God, back the, the rivalry fucking old days oh yeah. yes, oh yeah, yes. those were some games, baby, all right, um. Oh, great. Before we get into, I, I didn't know what kind of show we were going to do today. I figured we'd do some ice sports style, just talk about the playoffs, answer some mailbag questions. Uh, before we do any of that, does anyone have anything to add from the last week's exit interviews? Anything about this team, D'Angelo, Atkinson, the medical staff, Proverov, etc.?
2: So I think the Torts and Briere comments came after our last show. They did. I believe we talked so. to them. Yes.
0: We talked to both of them yeah. on Monday. And as one might expect, given their respective personalities, John Tortorella absolutely dominated (laughs) all of the, like, interesting takeaways because John Tortorella, like, he just, John Tortorella likes to talk. He may
2: may (laughs) pretend
0: that he doesn't like the media, and I think he does actually get annoyed by us, but also, like, he needs us because he loves to talk. And he needs someone to talk to. And we're just there, and
2: someone to designate as the person bad at backchecking. Yes, Charles O'Connor. It
0: was me. I was I was <laughs> used as the explanation as to how John Tortorella coaches.
2: I've been saying it, for Charlie. I, I
0: did. I forgot that. I I said on Twitter, like people were like,
1: "What do you think this means about your relationship with them?" And all it struck now you have a relationship with them. I've talked to him one time, so I this is pure conjecture on my part, but it just seems as if. He fantasizes about treating the media and specifically you, the analytics nerd, uh, like he could treat one of the players like we know. It's not it's not like he doesn't fuck with the media, he, but he wishes he could call you out in a room full of people and tell you you suck the way he can. <laughs> the way you know he what? I took it.
2: I took it the completely opposite way. I thought to myself, well, that means Charlie's obviously his favorite. Like, that's why he used him. Obviously, Charlie's his favorite. And to be fair, that's be? how I took yeah. it, too.
3: Like, could you imagine if he had used Carchidi? Like, Carchidi <laughs> would have <laughs> written 500 <laughs> words about how awful Tortorella is.
2: It would have been a lot of follow-up questions. What do you—I can't do hoagie mouth. What do you mean I'm bad at back-checking? What is that?
3: And Are also, why am back- I, I not captain? <laughs> yeah.
2: Who's, who's going to be the captain if oh, I can get back-checked?
0: Sam would be obsessed with the captaincy. Like, Torts, Torts would, would go to Danny Briere and be like, you got to trade this guy, not because he's bad at hockey, but because every day he comes to my office asking when we're going to name a captain. <laughs>
3: <laughs> but no, I think that it's... You know, at this point... Sorry, Bill. At this point, I respect Tortorella for not naming a captain, and I hope that this is just a bit that he does for the rest of his tenure with the Flyers. Like, there's just not going to be any captain, ever.
1: It would be very funny if they just phased it out. Like, wh- <laughs> Like the old school dinosaur John Tortorella, he's just like nah, it's stupid. We don't need a captain. Yeah. Like the fa- half the fan base would explode. Like the yeah. fa- the Flyers would have a real season ticket problem more than they already do because the people that did keep their season tickets, their heads actually exploded. So I do th- uh.
0: I-, I do want to actually this is an interesting little segue because we were just talking about the Tortorella and the Briere end of season interviews. And the captaincy thing is an interesting transition because I do think that in his interview, Tortorella, without saying it, hinted at why he hasn't named a captain yet. So the big theme of Tortorella's end-of-season interview was accountability. It was this idea, and it was it really at its core was a lot of John Tortorella complaining that players these days can't take criticism, or specifically can't take his criticism. (laughs) <laughs> and that they should toughen up and like deal with the fact that you know Tortorella will, in front of the entire group, tell them that they suck. Well, Tortorella basically, really for the first time, I, I hinted at this last week when I mentioned you all should go and listen to that interview by Ashlyn Sullivan. She interviewed Torts one-on-one before we got him. And Tortorella talked about this, about his coaching communication style and the fact that he believes that the best communication with players doesn't come one-on-one it comes in a group setting where he can more or less use the public shaming aspect of calling players out in a group to get them to respond and actually improve. It's a very Tortorella that could be thing. Better. That's his view. His view is basically that, like, using that internal pressure, if you tell a guy, you know, this is how you fucked up and this is why I think you're a waste of life, and then, you know, either he yells <laughs> back at you. Or he takes it and then Tortorella is like, okay, that guy is a little bitch, for lack of a better term, and like isn't going to respond. So this is sort of Tortorella's thing. He wants to do things in a group. However, the big thing here is that Tortorella, it was kind of a little aside, but I think this gives you an idea of what he's looking for in a captain. He basically said we have to do these in group settings, you know, with the coaching staff leading the the tape study, and we're pointing out all the mistakes, we're pointing out all the things we've done wrong. However, ideally, we wouldn't have to be in there for that, that the team as a group without the coaches would be pointing out those mistakes and holding everybody accountable. And I think this speaks to what he's looking for in a captain. He is looking for someone to step up and basically be the you screwed up on this play. You screwed up on this play. Get your shit together. That's what he wants in a captain. And I think until he finds someone that is able and or willing to do that, he is not going to name a captain. Because like the big question was, why is he named Scott Lawton the captain? Scott Lawton is the closest thing this team has to a captain. He is probably the leader of the team. But Scott Lawton is not that guy. He is not, for lack of a better term, an asshole. He's just not. So... He's not going to do that. And I have a feeling that John Tortorella is not going to name a captain <clears throat> until or unless he finds someone who is willing to be that asshole in the room. That's what I think is going on here, really. So I think what's going to happen here is either he's, either he's going to find somebody, he's never gonna, or he's never going to find somebody, and the Flyers aren't going to have a captain until John Tortorella is inevitably either fired or resigns to do something else, and then a new coach comes in and names a captain. That's what I think is going on here. It sounds as
1: if they have their captain in Ivan uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh No, like, uh, all that, uh, like, the premise sounds right, Charlie. I think it could even be sent, like, that's probably a huge part of it. Uh, like, also, there's no telling who's here next year. Like, naming a captain when he's like, we gotta subtract, like... <laughs> obviously he's going to have his say he's not going to lose quote unquote his guys probably but we don't know like, he doesn't know for a fact who isn't isn't going to be here like what if someone comes in with a ridiculous offer like there's no there's no telling who's actually going to be on the team next year so why why put yourself in that situation of like oh this is my guy he's the captain oh shit we just got two firsts in a fucking NHL ready prospect for him he's gone like, it's just, I don't see it. Ha- like, I just see that as a
0: potential roadblock as well. Um,
1: any, anything so else do we have yeah, before we do so, ice
0: sport? So here is a legitimate thing that popped up in my head during the interviews. And I want to have this conversation with everybody. Because to me, it's first off, it seems like Danny Breer is getting the GM job. We talked about this. Like, that seems like a yeah. foregone conclusion. Yeah.
1: Mm.
0: We talked to Tortorella. Tortorella... We know the kind of personality he is. We know he is forceful. We know, like, he wants things to happen. He decides he doesn't like players. He has very strong opinions about who he likes and who he doesn't like. He's not afraid to express them. Then we talk to Danny Breer. And Danny Breer, yes, I think he's trying to present himself as, you know, a polished, I say a lot but don't actually say anything type of GM to maybe use that as something of a job interview. However, I... I am legitimately wondering how this Briere Tortorella relationship is going to go. Not in the sense that I think they are going to dislike each other. I think they actually like each other quite a lot. What I am wondering and a little bit like legitimately concerned about is <laughs> is Danny Briere going to let John Tortorella walk all over him?
2: Yeah. I think we kind of talked about this a couple shows ago that's the idea that like tortorella's bullshit works on like a micro game to game level and his like nonsense and his like i like this guy today and i don't like him tomorrow like all of that kind of crap is fine for a coach but the whole like I like guys that work hard. I want someone who's going to yell about things. Like this is how I evaluate my players. Like that's not what you want in a general manager. So if Torts is pushing his agenda on Danny Briere, like are we going to end up with a bunch of Brendan Lemieux because he works real hard? Love that for him, but he no, sucks. That's, so
1: that's a legit like the um. The old fucking Herb Brooks, like, I don't want the best players, I want the right players. Like, fine for a coach the GM needs to get the best players. Like we, (laughs) we, we, we're, we're devoid of talent. We need to, the GM needs to focus on that big picture. No, no, no good players is what we need. Like, so it's for a first time GM who's uh, maybe because he's emboldened by, you know, Comcast likes him and all that stuff. Like Briere will be able to stand up to Tortorella, but it's definitely going to be a test. Like, I'm sure they're on the same page in some regards, but there's going to be confrontation. That's just John Tortorella's personality. Like They might agree on everything, and there's still going to be some sort of confrontation. So, like, it, it would that's a, that's a very interesting thing to keep an eye on. I, uh, that's a good point to bring up, Charlie.
3: And I think that it's important also, if we consider the role that... Danny Brier is potentially going to be in. In that Chuck Fletcher, Chuck Fletcher was a doormat. Are we going to expect the same thing out of Danny Breer I seriously hope not. I don't expect to, but that's definitely something that we should keep an eye on.
0: I just worry It'll about be a
3: real problem. Yeah, in my opinion.
0: I just worry about the personality. What was that? I wor- no,
2: and and I th- I think that like Steph's point is a good one because we just had a guy that. From the outside, seemed almost unwilling to make any decision ever, and is that, you know, because of what people were telling him? Whatever it seemed like, Chuck seemed like a guy who was all too willing to listen to other people's opinions about what he ought to be doing for his job, and the last thing we need is that again in a different form. And like, I would really like a general manager, and maybe Breer will be this. That's like. I know what to do to fix this team. I'm not fucking around. These are the steps I'm going to take to fix it. I know the players that I want. Like, I know it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to get this done. Like, I don't want someone to be like, so what do you think about this guy? Like, no, I don't want that. I want him to fucking know. Like, I want, like, a big swinging dick general manager that's going to fix the hockey team.
1: And- this is a great transition to something I didn't put in the outline, but maybe it was a fever dream and it didn't actually get proposed. But this may fall more on, yeah, or at least Briere will have some backup potentially if they do go the seasoned veteran route for the president of Hockey Ops. Is it possible? Ron Hextall makes some sort of return. No. Now, okay. I realize, I realize yeah. it, right. ended, it ended badly, but uh, if we're talking about someone who's going to close the door and tell the rest of all
0: the voices to go fuck themselves,
1: well, no. we know Ron Hextall can do that. <laughs>
0: no. I, I, I know no. this was brought up on Twitter mostly. It's not a real mind. thing, right? It, it, was, it was brought up by someone, I think, primarily to try to get retweets which okay. has been happening quite a lot by a lot of people over these last couple of weeks. Like, people say something crazy that, like, maybe has a, a kernel of truth but really is never going to happen just to try to get a lot of engagement.
2: Oh, fuck, I would, fall for that every time. It,
0: it would, Everyone does. That's why it pisses me off so much. Because everyone on Twitter falls for it.
2: Yes. Oh, maybe we shouldn't draft Conor Bedard. Run? Maybe it's too soon for Connor Bedard. Like, fuck, I fall oh, right for it.
1: Oh, that comes up. It's one of the mailbag questions. <laughs>
3: Ron Hextall held a press conference across the street from Skate Zone just to talk shit on the flyers after he was fired. (laughs) That bridge has been burnt. The ashes have also Uh, been burnt. No way. No way.
1: Organizationally, that's probably the case. I don't know. It's Comcast. They probably don't give a
3: shit. Like, I think for Ron, yeah, that but, bridge has been burned. I, uh, I don't think that he would want to come back here, even if they gave him all of the money that Comcast.
1: I got. really wonder how many more jobs he's gotten hockey after the job he's done in Pittsburgh. Oh, however, oh, I mean,
0: no, he's he's not gonna. I don't think he's gonna get another GM job. But he's absolutely gonna be like an advisor somewhere. They always are.
2: Yeah, I was gonna say no one is ever uh, actually unemployed once you play in the NHL. I
1: meant like top level executive job. Um, you usually tra- don't that, or- get a
0: third crack at a GM job
1: <laughs> yeah. organizationally a, you, a lot, yeah
0: guys get a second but you usually don't get a third particularly when in your first two stops you didn't win anything organizationally maybe that bridge is burned as a fan
1: base since he now uh, since he snapped the Penguins playoff streak he destroyed the, he destroyed the golden years of of Crosby and Malkin um can we accept him? Cuz I think I'm willing to forgive and forget with Ron uh, based solely on him fucking the penguins.
2: Oh boy. <clears throat>
3: no.
0: It was it was all a Black Ops operation to destroy the penguins. This was a maybe a decade you know, a decade a in the making time. actually. It was all that we're actually playing 3D chess here. But to be no, there's I cannot see like the one legitimate positive of Hextall coming back, which like to be clear, I don't want him back. But no. the one good thing that would come with it is that it would be glaring evidence that the uh, the wise men no longer have any power. Like you know, that's there's a no, great point that that would prove it. Because like, oh man, they're <laughs> never letting him come back if they have any Do say I need- whatsoever
1: do I need that level of proof? Like Bobby Clark post post Hextall is like, Going on podcasts saying how everything was Ron's fault, <laughs> it was his fault. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, my buddy wanted Kale McCarr, and he was like, "No, the Brandon Wheat Kings." So, if they were, <laughs> if they were to bring Ron back, that would be great evidence. Uh, I don't know if it's evidence that the organization has any further clue what the fuck it's doing, but it would be <laughs> evidence that they've moved on from those assholes. So, I, you, know, <laughs> you take the good with the bad. Um, I guess I'm so glad we brought that up. I didn't even have a it plan. It's funny. But, but, I but like, yeah, I, I go going I don't back, even remember. Th- I like maybe I saw it on Twitter or maybe I dreamed it was proposed. But I was like, "There's no fucking way Ron Hextall's coming back." No. But, no but,
2: yeah. No. But but yeah, going I, back I to, the, saw to the thing.
0: Just go back to the Breer thing for a second. Yeah. It's. I think part of my concern too is that. Like I do think that one of the reasons why Briere has been just sort of given the GM job, you know, why they haven't gone through a you know real process to try to find a GM, they're going through a real process trying to find a president of hockey operations. The GM is just Briere. I think part of it is that they really like Tortorella. They know that Briere can work with Tortorella, and they know that. If they were to hire a GM truly from the outside, that GM, A, number one, might not want to work with Tortorella. Number two, like, GMs like to hire their own guy. Yeah. And the ownership does not want to fire Tortorella. They do not want to be in a situation where Tortorella, where the GM recommends to move on from John Tortorella. So because the way that's starting, you wonder if they're actually going to be on equal footing. You And, like, mm. Briere is going to be a first-year GM. He's, in a sense, going to kind of be learning on the job. And I just wonder if he's going to have, especially at the start, if he's going to really have the backbone to stand up to Tortorella if they disagree on a player. Or if he's just going to be like, okay, John, if that's what you believe, then we'll get rid of him. Or, you know, we'll go out and we'll sign, you know, some bum because you like his toughness mm. or shit. Like, I, I, I worry, I legitimately mm-hmm. worry that like Tortorella worked with uh, Kekalainen in Columbus, but Kekalainen is like, he's got a real sense of like, no, I'm a good friggin' GM. I'm good at this job. And like, I can, like, I can tell you we, we can butt heads and I can win that battle. I just, I want to, I want to know. And I'm not saying you can't, I'm just saying it's a question I want to know that Danny Briere can stand up to John Tortorella and win a fight with him. Because I think John Tortorella, honestly, is one, is one of those kind of guys where, like, he almost wants that to happen. Yes. Like, like he wants to scream and yell at Danny Briere and Danny Briere to tell him, John, you don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Get out of my office. And then John, and- will, John will storm around for a day and then a day later be like, yeah, I'm glad that Danny has the guts to tell me that I'm an idiot.
2: And here's the thing, I can see him trying to make him do it, like being intentionally yeah. shitty to yeah. Briere to try and get that reaction. Like a two-year-old seeing how far you yeah. can push yeah. before you get in trouble. And that also is incredibly annoying to me. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's very annoying.
1: I, I, I'm very interested to see who they hire as as uh, president of Hockey Ops, like it's gonna. Ho-ho. Do you want to
2: talk about this rumor that came out of Thirty Two Thoughts? Oh, what is about it now? Them, them interviewing that woman from the Canucks. Oh,
0: yes.
1: well, that's interesting. I just
2: have to say that um, the Canucks are quite possibly one of the few teams more <laughs> poorly know. run than the Flyers.
1: Like, and So, can't... like,
2: while I just. Well, I, yeah, like while well, I love the idea of them thinking outside of the box and and maybe hiring a woman and doing something new, like cool, cool, cool. Um, how about not one from the Vancouver Canucks, just kind of based on results there? It's why can't it's not just, good?
1: Why can't we just get someone from Colorado or Tampa? It's the most frustrating goddamn shit in the like. I, I, they I, never like, poach
2: th- from good teams.
1: Like the never. Phillies, the Phillies constantly get guys from like the fucking Baltimore Ori- Orioles. And it's like, I don't know, man. Like the St. Louis Cardinals, the Tampa Bay Rays, these teams exist. Atlanta, like get one of their people that constantly fucking has success. Like these perpetually good teams. Just do so. Su- the teams who have built all star teams like Colorado and Tampa. Take their guys, because that's the model. You need to be an all-star team to win now. Like, the Rangers have the best goalie in the world, and they're like, ah, fuck it. Let's go get, like, the 2013 Central Division all-star team, too. (laughs) Like, you know, uh, like, I I, I don't know. It just seems as if that's what it takes to win. Uh, Very frustrating. Oh, the Canucks. And maybe someone in the Canucks has all the good ideas, and some other idiot's like, no, we're going to do this other thing. And maybe they're like a jet like a fucking diamond in the rough but like just go get someone from a perpetually good organization not the other trash organization whose fucking president came out and was like i thought we were tanking we've been so bad like maybe don't do
2: that <laughs> i know an agm they should talk to
0: they're not, they're not going to hire I've heard
3: Tulski. that there's a really good one.
2: I know, but that doesn't mean I'm never going to stop we wishing have, that it would happen. We
1: <laughs> have so many questions about how they can
0: get him. Well, see, here, here's the thing, though. Like, look, Eric's great. I think he's one of the smartest people in hockey, full stop. If you're going to hire Tolsky, you got to hire him as GM because he's not a president yeah. of hockey operations. And the thing is, too, is like, I, I cannot imagine that – him and Tortorella like Tortorella would not respect Eric. He wouldn't. No. He would just be like, this fucking nerd is gonna tell he's me like, about hockey. And he's so nice Yeah. And like,
2: like, come on. They, <laughs> he would fucking
0: hate in, him. in all honesty, the minute and I like I think if you if I had the choice, I would do whatever it took to get Tolsky to be the GM. Like, if that means fire and Tortorella, bye, John. Thanks for okay. your service.
2: We're gonna do it eventually anyway. We're good.
0: But when they hitched their ride to Tortorella, I think, realistically, especially with the way they want to build the organization, the structure they want to build, like, that killed it. It, killed, it. it yeah. killed the chance. Like, they should interview him. Like, interview him. Hear what he's got to say. Because maybe if you interview him now, maybe six years down the line, if somehow he doesn't have a GM job by then, maybe then you could hire him after you blow the whole thing up again. So interview him, <laughs> please. Like, he deserves it. God damn. But if is going to be the coach, I just don't years. see how Tulski makes any sense at all.
1: Yeah. I'm going to be like 40 by then. God damn it. Fuck off, William.
3: <sighs> Listen, I do not want to talk about how old we're going to be when the Flyers are good next. I don't want to talk about Two how years. old we're going to be when the Flyers make Two. the playoffs I, next. I, uh, like, I just don't want to talk about it. But I do want to talk about how the personality of the coach is now inhibiting the hockey team itself from moving forward. Like, that's that's the insinuation, like, we're not going to be able to hire one of the best GM prospects in hockey because of the coach's temperament. Well... Like, that's just... That's... That's the Everything problem. about this team makes me want to die sometimes. That's the problem now. But,
1: if it wasn't for John Tortorella, they still wouldn't hire him. Like, that's... Like, yeah. They're still yeah. the An Flyers. point. They're still right. the fucking Flyers. Like, even also, if they get...
0: Yeah, and also in defense of Tortorella, like I I suspect that if John Tortorella wasn't here, the Flyers would still be insistent upon this thing. But well, we don't need to rebuild. We got good players. Noah Cates, first line center, you know, Joe is gonna come back and be awesome. Like Tortorella did play a major role in I think being the final push on ownership to be like, no, this shit's real bad. You need to rebuild. So if anything, if anything, thank you, John, for that. Yeah. Because without him, I think they still might be living in their delusion.
1: Oh, that's... Fair point. Like, just the little things that have come up throughout the year. Like, I mean, we knew Tony was bad at defense, but we didn't know he was... Like... (laughs) <laughs> the little shit. Forget the uh, the the direction of the franchise, which has been a question forever. Like the little shit that they had no idea about. Like here's a guy who grew up playing literally at your practice facility, like, and, and you had no idea. I, I, it just it's fucking. What uh, the. the- regardless, there would always be some excuse not to do the right thing. That's all. All right. Let's talk about the playoffs a little. There is, in fact, playoff hockey happening without the Flyers or the Penguins for the first time in a long, long time. Uh, I want to start out with 50% of this show's favorite non-Flyers team because I, too, this season am rooting for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Hey, however, look
2: at this guy.
1: However, it is objectively fucking hilarious if they go down in the first round again. Like it is. My it's so funny. god. So My funny. god. Would... To come out and get curb stomped game one. This is the year. We're better. We have it's home so ice. Funny. Like oh my fucking god. You're gonna do curb this again, stomped. aren't you? Like just absolutely fucked. Uh,
0: I was dying laughing watching that game. It was back. real funny. I, I, and I, I explained this. I might have explained it on the show, but I definitely explained it to a couple of my friends that my view of the Maple Leafs in this playoff series is, or this playoff, I guess, the 2023 playoffs is that I am rooting against the Maple Leafs in round one. If they can somehow win round one, I will start rooting for them. But... I have to root against them in round one because it's just too damn funny that they keep it's losing in round one. Once they get past that threshold, then I'm on board. Then I like the Maple Leafs. But, like, I can't root against this bit because this bit is just too good.
2: It's honestly, like, starting to to feel like maybe curses are real because, like—
1: The captain like and curse! A lot
2: of, like— a, a few times they went out and like did dumb shit to try to make the team better heading into the playoffs like did like the tough guy stuff and that kind of thing like this year they legitimately brought in very good players like they already had a sick team and then they got Ryan O'Reilly like shit like it it and then Tampa is like noticeably on the decline I mean I know they have Vasilevsky so there's that equalizer but like even Tampa fans were like, "Ah, you know, we had a good run. Yeah. This like this is probably the end of it." And the Leafs just like <laughs> fucked it. Total. Like I don't even know what the hell happened in that game.
1: Like Tampa at the Tampa at the end of the regular season. Like part of me all year was just uh, Tampa doesn't give a shit about the regular season. Like they know what it takes to play. You know, into goddamn June. Yes. But like they looked. Not like they were saving themselves. They looked as if there was nothing left. They looked out of gas at the end of the regular season. And then here's Toronto, you know, they're still pretty young. And it's just so goddamn funny. I really the number one reason I'm rooting for for Toronto is uh Man, I do not want Austin Matthews to go to Arizona. Like I do the fact that they are gonna get bailed out by this fixed fucking draft lottery, like that's gonna happen. And, like, eventually Austin Matthews is going to go home. Like, that's, that's bullshit. Like, there should be no Arizona Coyotes. They shouldn't be in the league. They should be playing in Houston or Quebec or anywhere but fucking Arizona. And they're going to get bailed out by this fixed draft lottery and the fact that the Toronto no. Maple Leafs can't get out of the first round.
0: They're not going to get— we're, No, it's, it's going to be Columbus. We're
2: getting the fix this year. It's going
0: to be Columbus because that is the worst possible outcome for the Flyers. God.
3: It's not only that. Oh my god! I didn't even think. It's the I didn't even think about Columbus. It's it's
0: the
2: worst possible outcome for the hockey universe because, first of all, I
3: keep forgetting Columbus exists.
2: Precisely, Precisely. no one gives a fuck about the Columbus Blue Jackets. Even if they get Connor Bedard, no one's going to give a fuck about the Columbus Blue Jackets. Like case in point, the Devils have a fucking sick, extremely fun team that's in the playoffs, and it's a Rangers home game. Oh, can I rant about this? don't have any fans. Exactly. Yes.
0: I fucking hate the Devils. I have hated them since the 90s, yeah. since they ruined hockey. And one of the reasons why, in addition to the fact that they ruined hockey by creating and perfecting the trap, why I hate them so much is because they were so good for so long and still never build up a real legitimate fan base. And that game, that game one, a home game in New Jersey that was at least 50%, at least it sounded like on television, at least 50% Rangers fans, just brought all that back. That like, Because yeah. the first thing, because I, I saw the crowd and I was like, oh good, maybe they have more fans than I give them credit for. Like that place is full, it's sold out, it's loud. And then the Rangers scored and you heard the crowd, it's like, oh that's why, right, they still don't have fans. Like they should not exist. They shouldn't exist. There is no not reason now. to have a team in North Jersey, which is basically the New York City suburbs, when you have two teams in New York City proper. It makes no sense. And like they should be real. Everything to the south
1: is Flyers country. Yes. Like there's no, there's no. uh, That's I work with the. We have a fill-in host on You Better You Bet, Sean Marash, this week, and he's a Rangers fan. He's all Rangered up. And he's, like, talking shit. I'm like, dude, I'm a Ranger. Like, I'm rooting hard for the Rangers right now. I have no beef with the Rangers because them and the Flyers were never good at the same time. Like, we whooped that ass in 97. Like, what, 2014 <laughs> is the only other time they played? Like, I don't give a shit. Like, I... I-, I- I don't have any problem with the Rangers. I fucking hate the devils. They they, they have at least two cups that, like, the Flyers' name is whited out on. Like, I, yeah. it's the most frustrating goddamn shit of all time. I hate them. They shouldn't exist. I, I'm I, I fuck, Go Rangers, as far as I'm concerned. Let
2: me make my point real quick. So, the point is that no one gives a shit about Columbus. And if Bedard <laughs> ends up there... It's going to be a disaster for the the league because no one cares about there. And hockey players are stupid, so he'll almost certainly do what McDavid did and sign a fucking lifelong contract to play there. And then we are cursed by having to deal with him several times a season because he's in the division. And it doesn't do anything for, like, the overall growth of the NHL because, like, no one gives a fuck about Columbus.
0: I do. Let let, let, let Steph go. She's been waiting.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: I just wanted to say that I grew up in the part of New Jersey that is that very weird triangle of Devils fans, Rangers fans and Flyers fans. Like I grew up right in like the middle of New Jersey and still there were only like four Devils fans. This was the height of Marty Brodeur and the war criminal and like the whole thing. Um, The Devils should not exist. It also hurts my heart to root for the Rangers because I hated Rangers fans so much in college. and No, I'm sorry. In, in high school, in elementary school, middle school. However, the Devils should not exist and they've ruined hockey and they are an abomination. Their
1: logo is pretty cool. I'll give
3: them I that. I needed to weigh in on that. They're an like, abomination.
1: Like, the fact that they're the New Jersey Devils is cool. Like, uh, they just, uh, uh, anything beyond that, I hate. Um, bunting, getting three games, kind of fucking wild.
2: I don't want to indulge Leafs fans' bullshit the refs had it out for us. The officiating in that game was a little sus.
1: I just, like, like, uh, we saw, like, we've seen, like, Shea Weber take a guy's head and bounce it off the glass like it's a fucking turnbuckle in professional wrestling. And they're like, yeah, I don't know, five grand? That'll probably cover it. And, and like, we've got co- three games in the playoffs is, like, jail time. Like, you did something worthy of jail time to get three games in the Stanley Cup playoffs.
2: Well, like, what's-his-dick in Minnesota nearly killed Pavelski. And, like, everyone's cool with that because he led with the shoulder or something? I don't know. But it's, like, the bunting thing was was bad. But it wasn't nearly the worst thing that's happened in these playoffs so far. And it's only we're only like five games in. So
1: that's we're only one or two games in each series. And they already kind of feel like they've gone five. Like the players are pissy this year. It's great. Yeah, it's like it's really good. I was
2: saying to Charlie before we started recording, I was saying to Charlie that these playoffs seem dirtier. Like 2012. Yeah, and, like, like every team's goal is to knock out the other team's best players ahead of the second round so that we're watching, like, <laughs> the second round's just gonna be mid-sixers because all the stars are hurt. Like, it's yeah. it seems like a very poor strategy overall for the league, um, but it, it does seem, like, dirty, like...
1: So, so what if the what Flyers, all, if the Flyers had made the playoffs, they'd do well because they don't have any good players. They're nothing but middle sixers. They'd be perfect. They could win the cup we're, this
0: year. We're understanding the strategy they have. But going back to the, the bunting thing in Toronto, so I I have no sympathy for Michael Bunting because it was a dirty no. play. And it's yeah. like, whatever. Yeah. Like, he should have gotten suspended. We can quibble on whether it should have been one, two, three games. But, like, you know what? I'm not going to be mad when dirty plays get punished because they should. Oh, they probably fair. should get punished more than they have. The, the one thing I will say about that Toronto game, about the refs, I don't think Toronto fans have any leg to stand on to complain about Bunting. However, unless there was an angle that I did not see live, where they really got screwed was that one goal where I have no idea how a ref could have possibly called that a goal on the ice. The one Uh, where it was like jammed up against the side. Like, there is no way that an official could have been certain on the ice that that was in without a doubt. And then, because they challenged it and then the challenge didn't work, then they had a two-man disadvantage. Like, that's where that game, like, yes, it wouldn't have happened had Bunting not done the cheap shot. But like, that was the moment where I'm like, that's a goal, really? Like, that's a classic one where you're like, "We really do need that puck technology because there is no way we can prove one way or the other that that puck was fully past the line."
1: Yeah, I, I, Hack and Crack, as I'm as I'm referring to them, Dave Hackstall and the Seattle <laughs> Kraken. How is this a thing? Like, first of all, their roster mm. stinks. Like, they have no goaltending whatsoever. How are they up one nothing on... Co- this doesn't seem possible.
2: So here's the thing. Everyone made fun of them for their entry draft... St- entry draft? You know what I mean. Expansion yeah. draft um, strategy. And that front office is full of nerds. And I'm thinking maybe their, like, long-scheme nerdery was, you know, it worked. Oh, I was... And I liked, like some of some of the parts is better than situation over there.
1: I liked their what I thought their expansion draft strategy was because it it was just we're not making we're not taking on anyone else's mistakes and we're gonna we're gonna make plenty of our own down the line but we're gonna do it down the line in a couple of years when we have all the cap space in the world all the roster spots in the world whatever uh, it's taken far less time
0: than I expected. Is Dave Haxtall a good coach? So what I want to talk about with this, because this is legitimately something that I think Flyers fans are very confused about how to think. And what I will say is that it is possible to hold the opinion that Dave Haxtell in Philadelphia was not a good NHL head coach. And then Dave Hackstall in his second time around as a head coach got better. That is possible. It is legitimately yeah. possible that happened. Because you know what? Sometimes it does. Sometimes people just aren't ready the first time around, and the next time they're better. Maybe that's what happened. Maybe it's that simple.
1: And in Hackstall's defense, which I never thought I'd say on this show, but, it's not as if he was coaching for an organization that's, like, well-run. You know? Sure. <laughs> Like Yeah, his day-to-day decision-making, you know, oh, we're going to bench Konechny and Bear. we're never going to bench uh, Andrew McDonald, like, yeah, that's stupid. Like, thinking Yuri Letera is good is stupid, but, like, he was given these players, you know? <laughs> they could have simply not given him Andrew McDonald and Yuri Laterra, but they did, so I... I guess that's kind of on them more than Hackstall. And yeah, coach, we see it all the time in all sports. Like, coaches are not good in their first stop, and then they improve. Like, look at Bill Belichick's record with the goddamn Browns. It wasn't great, and then he became the greatest coach
0: of all time. Um, we talked I rangers think, shoot, one thing that's One thing that's probably helping Hack in Seattle, because... I mean, you, you can look at the roster. Like, you can tell this is not a roster with a ton of high-end talent. Like, I think Vince Dunn is legit. I think he is breaking out. He was on my ballot for the uh, the NHL Awards on multiple spots. I think he had an amazing year. I think Maddie Beniers is legit, and he's only going to get better. He's so, like, they great. have some, some legit good players. But they don't have superstars. They don't have guys where you're like, oh, man, top 10 player in the league kind of guy. That said— one of the big problems with Dave Hackstall, this was also a problem with Ron Hextall, is that they thought bad players were good. The yeah. thing with Seattle, the way that they're built, is that they might not have stars, but they're very deep. They don't have many mm-hmm. bad players, if any. And I think that's helping Hack, because there are no bad players on the roster for him to fall <laughs> in love with, because they're all at least pretty good.
1: <laughs> that's... Uh- I can't remember if we talked about it last week or not, but the uh like maybe my favorite dumb thing that's happened in this last decade of Flyers hockey is the Chris Vandevelde scratch on in game eighty-two. Like it was very- maybe <laughs> was the funny. like just incre- played him eighty-one straight games and finally benched him for the last game of the season. Uh, like Something I will never not laugh thinking about. So thank you there, for that, Hack. So Honestly, you have rare, a lifelong laugh
0: nah, for me. Chef's kiss there, there are rare times where I do think, like, like they read Twitter, don't they? Like, they do. Oh, they definitely yeah. do. And that was oh, a situation sure. where I'm like, that was Hack giving us all the finger for making fun of him. Because I want it so bad to be able to put in multiple columns. Like I would have put this in my like Dave Hackstall getting fired column of like and this fucking guy started Chris Vandevelde for eighty two games. Game. And, and and he couldn't give us that because he knew. He knew we were gonna like we were gonna nail him. For it, And he's just like, you know what? I'm going to play for every game, and then that last one, I'm going to scratch him. Just to, like, they had to watch him for 81 straight games, but I'm not going to give them the satisfaction of being able, being able to make fun of me for starting him at All-82. Convinced so, that I was, that was a troll. That was a total oh, troll on Hackspark.
1: Oh, I fully believe that. Like, there's not a question in my mind. Um, we have to talk about an old friend of ours. Oh. Alex Lyon, huh? Yeah. I mean, like, he's, Look at him. He's, he's not killing it, but he's doing all right, and good for he's him. Man. Like, good for he's you, kid. Killing it
3: for Alex like, Lyon. Yeah.
1: Good for you, man. Like, I, I for a team, a team with Sergey Bobrovsky making like ten million bucks. They have emergency loan goaltender Alex Lyon, and they're tied one-one with the best fucking team of all time. Like. like It's going kind of well for them. They have the best possible outcome from the first two games of the series is what has happened for them. It's 1-1. So uh, Alex Lyon, round of applause for our guy. Like, uh, good for you, kid. I'm, I'm a dude who was pretty much just an AHL goalie. Like, that's what we believed his ceiling to be. I said I hope he's the next Neil Little and he's the Phantoms goalie for 100 years. But... He's making a little name for himself in these playoffs. And the the Panthers wouldn't be in the playoffs without him. He had a great stretch run. I,
0: I think one of the things that this serves as a reminder, and I'm saying this as someone who's a big Alex Lyon fan, but, like, goalies can go on hot streaks. And when they do, they can play way above their actual true talent level. Yeah. Like, it, maybe Alex Lyon is just this decade's Michael Layton. Like that happens. It it happens. It does happen where guys like like Alex Lyon is not a bad goalie. He is a good AHL goalie who, if you call up, he can have a a good few NHL games. But like, he's not a guy, he's not an NHL starter, but he can play like one for a bit. And that's what he's doing. He just happens to be doing it in like the highest leverage situation possible, which makes it really cool. And like, he's in that situation of, like nothing to lose. Like who's
1: gonna say something yeah. if he gets lit up by a team that won sixty five games? Like who gives a shit? Like <laughs> of course he did. Anyone would have been. They you know David Pasternak scores on everybody all the time, and here he is winning games in the playoffs. So he's he, I'm happy for the guy. Um, Charlie, you are a respected member of the media. I am not, so I can see myself doing I am this. Not. Uh, <laughs> Come on. Uh, I'm a fanalist. That's how I refer to myself. Uh, so I can see myself doing this. But can you ever imagine, in your situation, writing a column calling for retribution? Because that's what happened following yeah, the Dumba was, hit on Pavelski.
0: <laughs> that was a Somebody... thing.
1: Yeah. Yeah, can you ever see yourself doing that like a, a beat writer for Dallas like the Dallas Morning Telegraph or whatever the fuck it is is straight up calling for retribution? Like it's the, it's it's the 70s.
0: So here's the thing with that. Number one, no, I would never write a column like that. But <laughs> what I will say is that there is, and like I don't get this distinction because the Athletic wants me to be literally everything. But most Newspapers, traditional newspapers have beat writers and they have Columns. so the yeah. beat, the mm. beat writer is covering the team on a daily basis. they are interviewing the players, they have relationships with everybody and whatnot. The columnist, on the other hand, the job of the columnist is to get people talking to now to drive clicks, but even before clicks it was to sell papers. Because you got to know what this guy, it was always a guy back then, has to say about this thing, and they have a following. Well, that's what this was. You know, like is it a <laughs> shitty column? Like, yeah, it's a shitty thing. But, like, that's the job. Like, the job yeah. is to get people talking and to get people pissed off. And, like, in that sense, this column has succeeded. Like, it's the same thing that Marcus Hayes and Mike Seals do. I was going to say. Like, that's yeah, what they so do. That's their, that's their job. That's their job. Their job is to ruffle feathers, and this this guy he fucking ruffled feathers. I, I mean, we're
1: talk we're talking about it. It's been linked everywhere. Like it's probably their most read fucking hockey column ever. I would guess. Yeah, like probably. at least probably since nineteen ninety nine. Uh, like, so
0: I, <laughs> I, I, well, I don't know. Gonna... There was the, there was that one time where uh, what the the stars owner called the players like fucking horseshit. On the record. Oh, yeah. That That's one fine. probably that got a happen. lot of clicks. <laughs>
3: that did happen. <laughs> that, yeah, that was fun. I, <laughs> when he called, I think it was horse shit. And yeah, Tyler Sagan went around wearing a shirt with horse shit on it for a long time.
0: Amazing. All
1: right. Let's get to some of the mailbag questions. Uh, I, so, I solicited these on Twitter. If we don't get to your question, maybe we will next week. Maybe I'll forget about it entirely. Who is to say? All right. Um, start with K Goose 97 who's everyone rooting for in the playoffs like who's your team in these playoffs
0: I mean I am 100% rooting for the Canes that is yeah. that like that's my team that said it's more uh, beyond the Canes it's more the teams I'm rooting against rather than the teams I'm rooting for like I don't I will go through all the teams I am rooting against I am rooting against the Rangers. I am rooting against the Devils. I am rooting against the <laughs> Islanders. I am rooting against the Maple Leafs in round one. I am rooting against Boston because fuck them. I am rooting against Winnipeg because I don't know why I just don't like them. I'm rooting against Minnesota because I don't know why I just don't like them. And I'm rooting against Colorado Chuck. because they won last year. So it's basically everybody else Like I'm cool with, but it's all those teams I'm rooting against.
2: I'm very specifically rooting against the Bruins, and I, I, know, I, I know a lot of people are like, ooh, the best team ever. This is so fun. I hope they go all the way. No, I don't like it. Mm-mm. I want them to lose. I don't give a fuck about Florida. I just don't want Boston to win. And them getting knocked out in the first round after that regular season is just, like, objectively fucking hilarious.
0: Oh, it would be great. It would be absolutely great. We yeah. did to just Alex see Lyon, it, though.
3: To yeah, Alex to Lyon.
0: Yeah,
3: uh, Amazing. Yeah, I'm, I'm all aboard the Alex Lyon train. That's for me. Um... But, I also like Charlie, I hate all of these teams, so it's very difficult for me to pick someone that I want to win like I all right, Colorado, you've been good for long enough, and you've got your cup go away now. ah the step um, driver special I, I'm tired the of the step driver about special you. like go, go away, away now go away. <laughs> go away done um i I love the the stars and the wild matchup because of their history, but they can both like. I could not care less. Fall into a hole. Honestly. That's the the series I
2: could not care less about.
3: (laughs) Vegas. Vegas has now fallen into, you've been too good for too long now. Go away. You didn't win anything. Goodbye. (laughs) Um, I feel that way about the Oilers. The Oilers just like them continuing to lose with Connor McDavid. Makes me laugh. So I want the Kings to win, but then the Kings can go away too. Like go away. Um, Bruins. Ugh. So I have a hard time with this one because they have been good, but they haven't been this good for so long. So I would be okay if this was the season that they had the best season ever and they won the cup and then they then went they away forever. Away. Like I don't right. want I don't want it to last any longer than this season. Like if that if they win this season, fine, but then but then we're done. Uh Toronto Oh, God, the comedy, though. If they just lose in the first round, it would be so funny. But if they make it past the first round, I'm going for them to go all the way to the cup. And the rest of them, except for Carolina, the rest of them, like, please go (laughs) away away. the rest of all time. (laughs) Just go away.
1: I would like to see Colorado Tampa again. That would I just like when we get the same teams and you know they're the best when they get there again and like I just but they're
2: not anymore
1: I just the playoffs are a different animal and I want to see however I am I think rooting for the Boston Bruins one because like
3: uh, oh like I hate it's the super team thing right no just like
1: I hate the idea that people think you shouldn't have the best regular season. Like, oh, you don't want the President's Trophy. Like, you shouldn't want to win games. That's fucking stupid. Like, that drives I agree. me insane. I agree. It's dumb. It's that drives fair. me insane. And we just saw uh, the Lightning a couple of years ago uh, tie the wins record and then get bounced in the first round. So we've seen it happen recently. And yeah. personally, I want to be so right about Jim Montgomery. Like, mm. he should be our coach. I like Torch a lot. Been. I like John Tortorella quite a bit, but should've I don't kept. know. This guy seems to know what he's doing. Seems to know what John he's Tortorello doing. John Tortorella never really played excellent
3: for excellent point. So I yeah. say it. Yeah. That's an excellent point. I was also all about Jim Montgomery, and I do love to be right. Hell yeah. No, I'm, I, oh God, I've now doubled down. This is ugly.
2: You're all gross to me. I,
3: f- I feel <laughs> dirty. You yeah. Yeah. Ew.
2: disgusted Ew. by each and every one of you. <laughs> I
3: respect.
0: that. Uh, I'm rooting against from, the Bruins. From, thank you, Charles. I can never root for a Boston team.
1: Exactly. I, like How I see you? Boston. I see Boston. I'm not rooting for them. I, I see Boston as like very similar to Philly. Like I think there's only three real sports towns in this country, and it's Philly, Boston, and New York. And yeah, like and none of the other ones are allowed to win anything. And yeah. like. While there are rivals, they're also, like, I don't know, our fucking shitty cousins. I, I, I feel a kinship with them, because they go through hard winters and have- They are have,
3: our shitty cousins. Like, and they
1: have depression when and alcoholism when their teams are bad. Like, I don't know, I just, I, I feel a kinship with those cities.
3: Um, you're not wrong. They are our shitty yeah. cousins, Boston and New York. See, I don't. And I think that Philly is also their shitty cousin. I don't, like, we're all. No, you're I right. don't feel
0: kinship with. Bo- I, the, the city. No. Honestly, the city I feel the most kinship with, particularly from a hockey standpoint, is Vancouver.
3: Mm. I feel that I feel too.
0: serious kinship with Vancouver.
3: <laughs> I can
2: see that. I do. I too. mean, they literally burned also the city Toronto. down
0: after they lost in game seven of the cup final. Like, come on. That's Philly. And then they cleaned it up. That's very Philly. Yeah, well, that's not Philly. That's
2: not Philly. But Mm -hmm. we don't pick up our trash on a normal day.
0: Yeah, like, we'd still
1: have, like, there'd still be smoldering. Like, yeah, we almost put it out. Fuck it. Like, (laughs) it's fine. Uh, From Anthony Harrison, draft. Who do you want them to take versus who do you think they'll take? And, like, it's going to... I want them to take Hunter-Begard. Yeah, no, that's, uh, chances are, chances are they're picking seven or eight, and they're going to take whoever's left, and I don't care. I want to pose this as, say they get number two, like, is, is there a real distinction between Fantilli and Michkov, or is it just, like, everyone's afraid of Michkov?
2: I was going to say, in that situation, you have to take Fantilli, just because, like, I am still not 100% convinced that Mishkoff will be able to ever come here.
0: Yeah, I mean, my view is basically, if you get two, I think you have to take Fantilli, because I don't... Like, I think those two guys are about even, and if they're about even, the tie goes to the guy who, like, you know is going to play in North America. Like, you know for sure, because it's a tie. Like... They're both real good. They're both real good in different ways. And the one thing too is that like Fantilli's a center and like you know, the Flyers really the Flyers don't, could have use some <laughs> they don't have any some centers. Like that would help. So like They're- I'm taking Fantilli. That said, and I know this won't happen because they can't happen because the Flyers can't jump the 3, but like if yeah. it was between Carlson and Mitchkopf, I take Mitchkopf because well I think Carlson is going to be real good I like Mitchkov a lot more and I'd be willing to take the risk to get who I think is a better prospect even though you Carlson know, is more though. of a certainty
2: You do know that if the Flyers end up in a position to take Mitchkov and they take him he will never come here <laughs> <laughs> That because that's the only logical outcome for the way that things happen
1: here If it wasn't if it wasn't for 1976 and the Ed Van Imp hit, would we have Ivan Fedotov and would Mishkov <laughs> coming over be a possibility? Like, I you know think what's it
2: all hilarious? goes I, I think I it all goes back. That. I, like, was just like, oh, well, he plays for Putin's buddy's team and Putin's buddy doesn't want him to leave, so they're just going to send him to Siberia so he can't leave. I didn't even consider that they were like, fuck the Flyers, we're not letting them have our good players. Yeah, but this, that's is, this is
0: all the long game of revenge. That's what's going I on I think
1: here. that's
2: a Russians direct— Russians are good at that shit. Don't you watch the Americans? They're real good at that long game shit.
1: I think Fedotov is a direct result of 76, and that would be for, like, I think it's all about the Flyers specifically. Like, other teams will have no problem with this, and it's about us specifically. Uh, From Sam Flyer.
0: Yeah, but, but no, I mean, going back a second, I mean, if the Flyers, let's say they stay at seven, or like they drop down to eight. I mean, I did this, and this will change, like, in probably the next, like, month or so as more of these draft reports come out. But I did this, like, the final week of the year, and I looked at basically all the main draft, public draft rankings. I looked at McKenzie, Elite Prospects, Sportsnet, Prominent Wheeler, and then Daily Faceoff, which is Saravalli's deal. And, I mean, obviously, you got the top four, Badara, Fantilli, Mitchkoff, Carlson. Then you've got a second like a almost like a tier below them, which it looks like it's basically Zach Benson, who's the guy from the w h l and Will Smith, you know, the fresh prince of Philadelphia, um, yeah. who plays for u s national team development, so they're like the next two. Then the next tier after them is. Oliver Moore, who's the really fast guy from the U.S. National Team Development, Ryan Leonard, who is a wing but maybe center, also from the U.S. National Team Development, and then Dalibor Dvorsky, who I have done basically no research into whatsoever. I will get there eventually. But, like, those at this point look like the five, and then maybe David Reinbacher, if the Flyers decide they desperately need a right-handed shooting defenseman and they think he's a number one. So, that's your group. I mean, my thing is, if either Benson or Smith is there at seven, you run up and you take them like they are the like if if somebody reaches on a defenseman or like really decides they like somebody who isn't one of those top guys, like grab whoever is left of those two. If not, I mean, then it gets tough. And I don't know if I really have a preference at this point, like Moore would help because he's a damn good skater. Question is how much offensive up- upside does he have beyond just being a damn good skater? That's the question. It would be nice to have a damn good skater, though. They could use what? one or two of those.
2: Just I would like a damn good anything. Like a damn good shooter, a damn good skater, a damn good passer, like one damn good something, anything. I'll
1: you like know it. what's kind of funny is they now have all these shoot first guys with, like, great shots. They could really use it like a, a, good, a good Claude Giroux type setup guy. <laughs> It would be if great, only we it? had
2: one of those somewhere. Like,
1: that we they got Owen Tippett up. and Tyson Forster, Cutter Gauthier. Like I don't know. Like maybe, Imagine maybe, Claude maybe it's Bobby Brink. Up. No, we that gave him Michael up. Roffle. Uh, <laughs> I'll just never get over it. Like so we have Jake fun. and it's G so in their prime. Jake and G in their prime, and it's like here's this fourth line floor checker. Oh, thanks. Thanks. Yeah, we'll probably
3: up and down the lineup, will Yeah, He was a down. Swiss Army. Down
1: player. is where he hey. should be playing. Like
3: <laughs> <laughs> Okay, but did we really have to pick on Michael Roffel? of all it's the not- players that they gave Claude Giroux, it was Michael Roffel that we had to pick on right now? To play
1: on the first fucking line with him and Jake Vorchek in their no, prime. Right. I'm not picking on Michael Roffel. He was a nice player for them. The idea that he played first line minutes with a playoff team is fucking unforgivable. Um
3: Totally. I, I just think that it's interesting that Claude Giroux had Jake Voracek as his partner for most of his career with the Flyers, and now Jake Voracek probably won't play hockey ever again. That sucks for everyone, but also maybe there was a lot more going on there the whole time than we thought. With Jake, that's all I'm saying. Injury wise, yeah, With I, the I mean, yeah, am I being insane? No, like you guys are looking at me like I'm insane. Well,
0: it was more like I just didn't know what direction you were taking, I didn't that. know what you were talking about. I, yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. I, I'm just complaining about what Claude Giroux was given in his career here, which is yeah. re- neither yeah. here nor there, and not the question that we were. Well, asked. I think for um, me, it was
0: more, I wasn't sure if you were making a point about maybe Jake played through more injuries than he let on, which seems like it's very possible, given the fact yes, that, yes, that's that's given what I the was fact saying. that, like, yes, he. Is probably he never done missed for his game. career with concussions, yeah. and he never missed a game. So, dude probably played through some concussions, which ain't great. Or yes, that was what yeah, I was that, saying. That, that, that's possible. Yes,
1: gonna get yeah. I'm mean, like he and Claude Giroux kind of set a standard here where it's like nah, you play like th- they never missed games. So like yeah, it's it's very possible they played through some serious shit. Um, Dumb. from Sound Flyer 14. What is your favorite kind of cheese?
2: Oh, what a great and difficult (laughs) question to answer.
3: Gouda. I knew you were going to say Gouda. Gouda is my queen and king of all cheeses. I do love a good dill Havarti. I like um, some Gruyere. Cannot go wrong with a nice melty American. Cheddar is the staple of all pantries. Cheese is amazing. It is. There is a show. Oh, no, I forgot what it was called, but I texted Kelly about it. It's like the wide world of cheese or something like that. Definitely watch it. It's on Hulu.
2: I think it's, for me, a toss-up between goat's cheese, like the soft one in a log, and feta. Hmm. I like those cheeses quite a bit. I like
1: pre-sliced pepper jack.
0: There you go. There you go. For me, it's like I don't really have a favorite cheese because my favorite cheese is basically whatever cheese I'm eating at that moment.
2: All the cheese. Yes, yeah. exactly. That is a very good answer. <laughs> like like I, love cheese no- is cheese.
0: I love nothing more than to go to like one of those like meat and cheese places and have like a bunch of cheeses and then try to decide on that particular day which of the cheeses is like the most heavenly. It's. I have so much fun with that. It's great.
2: The way that I fuck with a cheese plate at a restaurant, any restaurant, any cheese plate. Yes. I'm ordering this.
3: Uh, I recently learned that Charlie is really into charcuterie. I I learned that on my last trip up to Philly. Charlie is really into charcuterie. So, this was a perfect question for him. Yeah,
0: it's one of my favorite things. Really? It's the
2: best thing to order at any restaurant. If it's on the menu, you must order it.
1: It's fucking great. Yeah. A couple more and we'll get out of here. We'll save these for next week or never do them, whatever. From uh, Matt Wona. As the organization shifts and the team rebuilds, what identity would you like to see the team embrace? I would prefer, and this is, you know, I would prefer they be the Broad Street Bullies. Like, I would love that. However, I just want to see the team win. I don't give a fuck if they yeah. do it with nothing but five foot eight Swedish players. Like, I don't care. I want them to win. I'd love them to just beat the shit out of everybody and also be awesome. But the awesome part is most important as far as I'm concerned.
3: Yeah. I I I mean, when it comes to identity, the only identity that I care about them having is a winning one. Like be a good team. That's it. I think it would actually be hard to play against. I don't. Sorry. This is going off somewhere else. I don't care that they're hard to play against. I want them to play hard.
2: It's a good distinction, driver.
1: It is one thing we saw from them this year, I do think.
0: Yeah. They did. I I think what I would really like, and I am of the opinion that this is not, while it certainly helps to have guys that are really, really, really fast, I don't think playing fast necessarily requires you to have, like, Connor McDavid or Kel McCarr it certainly helps it allows you to do it easier but I want a Flyers team that plays fast I want them to think fast I want them to play a quick game where they are relentless and like teams are trying to catch their breath trying to keep up with them now that doesn't mean they can't hit you can play fast because guess what hits hurt more when they're coming at speed so like that doesn't mean they have to not be physical, but I want the Flyers to be a fast team. I want them to be yeah. a quick team, a quick, fast attacking team. That's the identity the I want Quin-
2: The, the Quenville Panthers. I would I too would like the Flyers to be peak Florida Panthers.
0: Yeah. Or the Avs. I mean that's another thing. Or the team. Avs, yeah. Yeah. Like, even, like, even the Oilers, like, yeah, the Oilers have McDavid, but I wouldn't say the Oilers play fast. I would say McDavid plays fast. Because
2: no, he, he only has yeah. one speed, and yeah. it's superhuman. But, like,
0: the Avs play fast. The Panthers under yeah. Quenville and then Brunette until the playoffs played fast. That's what I would love the Flyers' identity to be. And that does not mean they do not have, they do not hit. They can have fast players that also hit. That would be awesome. Last one from uh,
1: Bill in Sewell. Who needs Carter Hart more? The is Hurricanes, that you? yes, yes. <laughs> is that you? <laughs> Who needs Carter Hart more? The Hurricanes or the Oilers, and which is going to get him? The
0: Canes are not going to get Carter Hart because the Canes, the Canes, don't value the goalie position that much. Their at viewpoint- a certain point don't shouldn't they? No, not me. They they do value it. They don't value it from a cap standpoint. And they w- mm. I do not think they were ever going to allocate the kind of money it would take to quote-unquote solve the goaltending position with Carter Hart. The Oilers, on the other hand, they are willing to spend the money as they showed with Campbell, and then that didn't work. But the thing with the Oilers is I think they like Skinner. So I don't know if they need him. Mm. Skinner was good for them, and he's still young.
2: Yeah, we'll see what, what about happens
0: the, the Toronto playoffs. Maple Leafs? The the Maple Leafs. Now that's a team I could say. Mm hmm. I, yep. I could I could see the the leafer being now, Sam like. Oh, shit. was good
1: for them this year.
0: He was, but you know, if he has a bad year, they've had they've had some stuff with the uh, with the old goalies. So,
2: and they're quite reactionary. So if they go out in the first round again this season.
0: You know what team?
2: scored on six times or whatever it was the other night. You
0: know what team really might be able to use a Carter Hart? Mm? The Kraken. Oh. Can you
3: imagine? You have my attention.
1: The coach who refused to bring him up now gets <laughs> it. In?
0: <laughs> in fairness, I think that was mostly Ron. I don't think that was. David.
1: No, yes. It, uh, mm. Yes. It's just, it's very. That would be very, very funny because that was like the first thing. All right, we're gonna, uh, we're gonna get rid of Hack and we're gonna call up Carter Hart. Uh, Yuri Laterra, you're fucking out of here. Like, <laughs> like, that was like that was the first month of uh, of Chuck Fletcher. So I'm, I'm hoping th- that would be very funny. And they are like, they don't have goaltending. It is bad there, so it's a it's possibility
0: real real you know who else could use a carter Hart, and they hopefully this the will never happen because i never want to see it <laughs> i'd I never want to see this team be helped the, the devil oh, no. oh no yeah
2: although that would be delicious only because so many of their idiot fans insisted that wedgwood was better or blackwood, or blackwood yeah blackwood was better yeah. and then this would be like the ultimate ha 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 fuck you we told you carter Hart was better
1: and then but they'll be, be like, then well, we, we just won get... the cup. So. I know. And
2: then we, would, we would only get <laughs> to enjoy it for, like, 30 seconds post-trade, and then it would be a nightmare. But, yeah.
1: that's. Just, I am, like, kind of of the belief Carter Hart's getting traded this offseason. Is anyone else?
2: I don't think he is.
0: I mean, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility. We'll see. We'll see. I think that there's – let me put it this way. I think that they will have a conversation with Hart and his camp if it hasn't already happened, to be like, do you want to be a part of this? Or mm. are, like, are, you, are you cool with the fact that like, you're going to be the starting goalie for a team for the next three, four years that ain't going to be doing much, and by the time like, we're good again, you're going to be 28, 29? That's, yeah, that's fair. The, the problem for me is if he says he wants to be a
1: part of it, that's a red flag to me. Like, like <laughs> if you want to be a part of this, you don't value winning enough. Like So then the only
2: player we keep is Ivan Provorov. Yes. <laughs>
1: the, the guys who don't want to be here are the only ones who have their fucking heads on straight. <laughs> oh, I want to be a part of the solution. Then you're an idiot. <laughs> like, it's just going to be Provorov and that's it. They're going they to build around build around Ivan and <laughs> he's, he's the, the only one who love. isn't
0: allowed to leave. Yeah. It's it's literally, it's Catch-22. It's Catch-22. Catch <laughs> yes. Yeah. No, if you're sane
1: enough to say you want out, then you can't go home because clearly, <laughs> <Sorry>. it's <laughs> pretty sure that's the premise of the book. Um, it is, actually. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anything else before we wrap up? We're like at an hour 10 or something.
0: Hour 15, wow. Yeah, we talked a lot. No, I think, right. I think we've, we've went through it. We do
1: all right. I feel like we didn't do anything in the show. And that is all the time we have for you on Broad Street Hockey Radio this week. Thank you all for listening. Thank you for hanging out. If you haven't already, you got to hit that subscribe button. Search Broad Street Hockey wherever they're podcast. And check out the all-new BroadStreetHockey.com. Subscribe to that shit. Do it. Do it. Uh, that's it for us. My name is Bill Matz. For Kelly, for Steph, for Charlie. Have a great week, Philly.